Hello and welcome to another episode of the Meet Me in Sacred Space podcast. I am your host, Lori A. Andros. This podcast is a place for you to press pause on the busyness of your day-to-day life. It is a place to discover your voice of inner wisdom, reconnect with your authentic self, and to become the courageous creator of your adventurous, vibrant, and spirit-filled life. In each episode, we will get raw and real exploring what it means to live a soul-led life. We will talk about sacred practices, ceremony, ritual, and dive into in the now, crystal wisdom and insight. Along the way, you will discover practical ways to bring the sacred into your everyday life. So grab a cup of tea, light a candle, get cozy, and let's dive in. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Meet Me in Sacred Space podcast. I am your host, Lori A. Andros, and today I have a very special guest, my dear friend and colleague, Dr. Vanessa Sage. Welcome, Vanessa. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. Yay! <laughs> I'm so excited <laughs> that you're here. It's um, it's always really the word delicious is coming to mind. It's always really delicious when we sink into conversation together. And um, for those of you who've been listening to my podcasts for a while, you know that Vanessa has been a guest many times. Um, and I just get really excited when we have this opportunity to sink into a very rich conversation. And as we were kind of just chatting a little bit before hitting the record button, um, we were just talking about the conversation and where we want it to go. And, and Vanessa says, I just want to have fun. <laughs> Let's just have fun. And then, and then she followed that with, how good are we willing to feel? So perfect. So, so perfect. Such a great way to begin this. So before we dive in any further, I want to share a little bit about Vanessa. So I'm going to give you a little quick bio recap here. Um, Vanessa Sage is a priestess, a cultural anthropologist, and a poet who brings a breath of fresh air and vital leadership to the re-emergence, reclamation, and cultural shift in divine feminine consciousness. As an, act, as an academic, business mentor, and coach with over 20 years of experience, Vanessa guides creative spiritual visionaries through immersive and transformational programs to experience their true essence and sovereign power. Vanessa combines a strong critical mind with a childlike sense of wonder. Yes, Kermit Frog is her hero. She combines these to seek to understand multiple perspectives and remain hopeful in a challenging world. Resilient, determined, and with an incredible ability to step out of her comfort zones, Vanessa is carving a new path for others to feel at ease in their own skin find joy in the everyday life, and to live a life of peace and purpose. Yes, 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 yes. So welcome, Vanessa. Thank oh you for goodness, being here. Thank you. That is actually the first time I've ever heard that read out loud because this is, it's like, it's a new bio. I've got, I've recently gone through a major personal transformation and um part of part of that was rewriting my rewriting my my bio and so to actually hear you say that out loud it was really very special and for it to be you again it is very very special so mm. thank you thank you 
Thank you. How good are you willing to feel? (laughs) 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 Yeah. You know, I think you're, you're right now. You're actually, as we're recording this episode, um, I think you're running a program with entitled that. Yeah. 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 This was part of the shift. So, um, you know, back in back in 2016, I started asking myself that question. Um, I was being coached by my, my one of my mentors who I've now done coach training with, uh, Dr. Julia B. Colwell. And she asked, she asked me that question, you know, how good are you willing to feel? And I started asking myself that question all the time in so many different ways. And at that point in my life, I was, you know, I had, I had been in business for a little while. I'd been doing this work for a little while, but I had, was really struggling to make it work. And when I started asking that question, I started making new commitments with myself. Everything changed, and so I, you know, recently I, I went through. I mean, what I would, you know, what I would call a dark night of the soul, and I, I think this is just part of my journey on this planet is that my incarnation really (laughs) enjoys going into the dark and discovering what is there just like Inanna you know you know it's it's a cyclic thing and so I was there and I started asking myself that question again how good am I willing to feel how good am I willing to feel and and then from that place like new hope sprung and I just knew, I knew that this needed to be a new direction in my work, that I could, that I had really lived this for a, a significant period of time and that I could then now give it to others. It came out so easily and so well received. And I do think it's actually going to be a core offering of mine moving forward. And it feels really good actually to bring that piece in because I do have a couple of coach trainings and while I've been doing the priestess work mostly uh, to just expand into this area feels very very good to me and then I just ask myself all the time how good am I willing to feel especially when things aren't feeling good right yeah Yeah, I think that's one of those things that when we're in that place of the dark cave of transformation, the challenge, when the challenge arises that presents the opportunity to enter the cave of transformation, it can be really challenging to say, how good am I willing to feel? How can it be possible? And so I'm kind of curious for you how... um, like the energy around that, like, I know you kind of talked about it a little bit, but can you share a little bit more about how that tapped in and opened up for you? Like what, yeah, what was some of the magic that just kind of relit that spark, that little inner light? Yeah, I, I think I think you hit on something really important because you know, this is, uh, one of the things I've found is that when I ask that question, it can be very challenging. It's a very challenging question. Uh, to ask and and to receive that you know like this is the some of the feedback that I've received and then I think we're also kind of living in a time right now where um, we're questioning you know we're questioning 
power structures. We're questioning kind of our social, our social equality, all of these kinds of things. And so when we ask the question, how good am I willing to feel in that kind of space, it can also feel very edgy. And one of the things that I have discovered through in my own journey is that it is the most important question that I can ask myself. And it comes, it comes from a, like, it comes from fertile ground. It is the seed. It is the seed of hope that our world so desperately needs. And the truth of the matter is, if we were all willing to ask that question, if we were all willing to really allow ourselves to become embodied and to really take the time to understand how it is that we're actually feeling because often we're so cut off from our bodies we're so cut off from our sensations we have actually no idea how we feel Mm -hmm. and we're just kind of numbing out and going through the motions and all of these kinds of things and how is that serving anybody right if we could if we could ask this question and bring our joy and our hope and our love to the world, I truly believe the world would change. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's important that we feel good. It really is. Um, because it's from that place that, that creativity comes. And we need, we need our creativity right now in yeah. order to solve some of these problems that we're facing. Yeah. You hit like, um, it's interesting because I've heard you use this phrase. I've heard this phrase in other places, right? Um, but I don't think I've ever landed in the word feel until just now when you were speaking about this in the into the feeling word and all of the layers of connection to feel in life. And wow like something just like (laughs) clicked together for me. Um, So I really hope that's happening for our listeners too, because there's something really powerful about that. And I think, you know, the the piece that you brought in about feeling being disconnected from our bodies and reconnecting with our bodies. And I think that um, that piece is something that you have really put a lot of energy and awareness and attention towards within yourself. how do you feel in your body? How do you feel and share your body? And so I'd love if you just kind of touch on that a little bit too, because that's a really, that's a big part of your journey. Yeah, you know, thank you. It is, it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it, it comes from my path as a priestess. Uh, when I entered women's spirituality, um, quite a long time ago, uh, <laughs> for the first for the first time in my life, I saw images of the goddess. Uh, I'd never seen the goddess. We don't really know. She's right back there. You can kind of see. Um, and uh, if you're if you're watching, if you're if you're listening on the podcast, you know, I'm talking about like the goddess images like Venus of Willendorf. And and it was it was a moment in my life just even just seeing that that completely changed everything you know i'm a i am a larger woman living in a world where there are you know particular beauty standards that don't necessarily include me and so part of my path is to continually choose to come home to my body come home to loving it not easy in this world 
and um, to share that with others. And so one of the things that I'll often do is I'll, you know, I will, you know, it's not necessarily easy for me. I will challenge myself to to share the, the this body that I'm living in and and really affirm for myself and for for everyone that we um you have the body of a goddess i have the goddess i have the body of a goddess all bodies are beautiful and it's just this is it's just part of my path and yeah. like any aspect of anyone's path it's not like um i wake up every day and i'm just like yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you you can continue to come back to that. You can anchor back into what you truly believe in and what how you and again how how good am I willing to feel in this body as well? Right. Um, I also live with chronic pain and chronic health conditions, and so um, again, it's a it's 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 an interesting question to ask myself, and I and I, it doesn't get tired. It doesn't. I never get tired of it. That's um, beautiful. Yeah. 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 Wow. I love this. Thank you. The um the piece that the next piece that's showing up is um the piece around how you spoke of bringing together your trainings in in the coaching coaching and mentoring aspect with your anthropology background and the priestess scene and how those are newly like merging together or merging together in a new way and um as i was sitting with this um prior to our podcast the question prior to our interview, the question that came forward or com um, conversation piece was about giving ourselves permission to pivot. And it feels like from an external place, it may look like a pivot, but it's actually, as I'm listening to you, I'm feeling the integration piece that's happening, like a new layer of integration. And I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about that journey into that, that um, cave of healing and transformation, but also into the cave of creation that you went into following that and how that has been integrating. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I just want to share a little bit about Anana first. So, yeah. so Anana, a Sumerian goddess who um, decides to go into the underworld uh, to meet her sister Shkigal. And um, at each, she has seven gates, and at each gate, she has to remove um, a piece of her clothing, a piece of her, of her, of what her ego self really, um, to go to the go to the underworld to meet Arishkagal, and then to die, and she dies for she she is dead for three days, and uh, three nights very common uh -huh. theme three days three <laughs> yes <laughs> and and then she returns and at each at each layer she at each gate again she returns and um she puts back on these ornaments and she yeah. but in a different in a different perspective right and so i willingly chose <laughs> i said okay so how how can I strip down the ego, right? Strip down what I think I am, right? Um, and let it all go. Would I be willing to let it all go? What would remain if I let it all go? 
everything. Yeah. Yeah. And what happened was I found, and this is actually the first time I'm talking about this. Um, what I found is a deep, deep love for my partner. We've been engaged forever and I asked her to marry me finally. We set a date. Mm. Because I thought, you know what? If everything falls away, all I need is the love of my family and my close friends and the love of my life. So that was one of the first things that happened. And then the second thing that happened was I followed my joy. I just... Mm. I, I let myself explore what I wanted to explore outside of any, any, I, any concept of who I was supposed to be, how I was supposed to be presenting in the world, you know, because when, you, when you're in business, there's a brand, you know, mm-hmm. letting that go, like what, is, what actually is true? Now it turns out that it's still true. <laughs> but that's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing, you, right. in, in some ways, right? In other yeah. ways, there's like, there is a shift that's happening and I know that it's there. I think um, people who may be very close to me can feel that. Yeah. Um, but what, beyond, it's, it's like, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself because <laughs> I'm still, still in the world. <laughs> so the other thing that happened, I, like, so I followed my joy, um, actually discovered a love of makeup who knew that that was completely new to me I mean I just I never was interested in that um and I fell in love with myself and I found peace and I found faith again yeah and I understood what service really meant and service for me is not it's not about this external world so much as it is about a deep abiding faith and love of something beyond myself that i truly wish to be a conduit and a vessel for and you know, this is this is kind of common priestess language, right? But there's the head landed and the yeah. It landed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you understand the mystery. You do. When you live it, you understand it. And you understand I understood my personal strength and my personal power. Uh-huh. I knew who I was. I knew what my voice was. I wasn't afraid of my voice. I wasn't afraid yeah. of myself. Yeah. Um, so it's a beautiful thing. And I let myself do and create what I wanted to do and create. I let go of all my launch plans. They're all gone. I don't. <laughs> and I've just allowed myself. <laughs> yeah. It's like sometimes I feel like I'm floating, like what's happening? But I have complete trust that it will all be fine. And I didn't have that before. So those aspects that you're talking about in terms of like kind of reintegrating. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, right. Okay. Yes. Yes. Hello, priestess. I'm Mm -hmm. here. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> Ooh, hello, lover of life. Hello, poet. Hello. So, okay, then I could find out, like, I could step into those things in a way that actually felt real and true. And it's not that they didn't before, but I, a part of me that must have questioned, right? And yeah. I think that that's a healthy, normal thing. Um, yes. And I mean, how wonderful to explore that. You know, to just say, am I willing, again, am I willing to let myself, am I willing to let myself go to find myself? Yeah. That's such a big statement. And there's a lot of um, many layers to it. Am I willing to let myself go to find myself again? So, you know, the the other piece that I had um, kind of typed out as something to, to connect on was that place of like really cultivating the courage to not only sink deeper into our work, but to also express that in in our lives. And this is something that I feel like you have always done, but yet you're at like another, another layer of what that is. Um, I'd love to hear you speak to that a little bit. You know, when you when you face when you face death, whether it is like a, a physical death or metaphoric death, and when when you are challenged to your core, you know there are kind of there are a couple of choices in that space. One is to to fall down, which is okay. You know, I, it's actually it's actually a good thing sometimes to fall down and to just let you let yourself sink into that. But I'm a warrior at heart. And so I let myself fall down and then I picked up my sword. Hmm. And I often think if you've heard the Aurora song, Warrior, it's a beautiful song if you have not heard it. And um, I often think about that song and just like this holding of the sword in the in front of your heart and allowing yourself to be as strong and as sovereign and as powerful as you truly are and to actually cut away the ideas that other people have of you for me it was like cutting away people pleasing it was like no it was like it was saying no in a very like clear and powerful boundaried kind of way but saying yes to life and at the end of my life, I want to know I've lived my life, right. not someone else's idea of what my life is supposed to be or someone else's idea of who I'm supposed to be because of what they need me to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I can't do it, you know, and I, yeah. even even my voice, like I, I let myself speak boldly, mm -hmm. right? And again it's even almost like these shackles of the spiritual industry where we're supposed to always be kind and gentle and soft and if mm -hmm. i'm honest with myself yes i am that is part of who i am but it is not the whole picture yeah yeah it's not the whole picture it's mm -hmm. it's it's uh, fierce and gentle yes. and i needed the fierceness back mm -hmm. and um I'm it's like lion. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yep. That is I, that that energy of like being able to navigate and hold space for and be in a healed um relationship with our own 
vastness of different emotions, including of that of rage and warrior and fierceness and, and that soft, gentle place and being able to hold both of that, like all in one container, being able to be balanced with all of that. That's what I'm hearing from you, that place of like, this, like, I can hold this, like, there's a, a recognition of how you can not only hold it, but stand in it and allow it to flow through powerfully. Yeah. And allow That's... oneself to be multifaceted. Yes. So, yes. With, what, happen, what, what has happened in our world? <laughs> that we're all supposed to be the one thing. And like this, like, it's like, it's, it's not true. It's just yes. not. And, and it's hurting us. Mm-hmm. This, mm-hmm. these ideas yeah. that we that we internalize at least I have you know I'll speak for myself um, but you know you, you internalize these ideas of these flattened <laughs> ideas of who you're supposed to be yeah. and um, and then we project those onto others and, 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 and vice versa and it's like this is not the way it, and right. if I'm if I'm a priestess guiding others to find their own power how can i possibly tell another another human being that they are one thing that is not what power is power is essence and to be in one's essence is to allow energy to flow through you in the way it is meant to at the time and and be open to the creative force that always is with you Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Artists don't just paint one thing. Picasso, I mean, we don't know Picasso's trap problematic, but. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. No heat, no heat on me because of Picasso, everyone. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, you know, I think um, that is one of the, the big pieces, I think, in, in this area of spirituality and um, embodying our spiritual, you know, our own unique spirituality is we really have to break down some of those old ideals of who and what our, our spiritual teachers look like, what, what and how we perceive and, and think they live um, and, and really break, really let that go. Yeah. There's like, there's a lot of space around that. Yeah. 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 <sighs> yeah, and I think I mean, as a spiritual teacher, and you know, you're a spiritual teacher as well. I mean, I think part of part of our job is to break it down. Is yes. to actually yes. is to break down those stereotypes, mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. give people, like, okay, right. Yeah. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to you know, only wear white and talk in a soft voice and like <laughs> insert whatever stereotype you want in that space. Mm-hmm. But we, we have, we can be leaders in that realm where we yeah. can say, actually, the spiritual path is messy. Yeah. Just like yeah. earth and life is. And, um, yeah. you know, let's do yeah. it. Let's yeah. have, you know, Let's, yeah, let's have fun along the let's way, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Along yeah. The way. yeah. 
I think, you know, one of the things that I'm thinking about is kind of this misperception that I had very early along the spiritual path, which was one that that there was this ideal place of, you know, what a spiritual teacher or somebody who's embodied their spirituality it is and looks like. But I also had this perception that at some point, um, the challenge, the struggle, the, the cycle or the journey would um, all of a sudden things would become easy. And um, I think, you know, this is one of the places you and I, when we kind of sit down and like, you know, sink into really rich conversations with each other, this is one of the places that often we delve into is some of those not so shiny places, some of those places where where we've found ourselves bumping up against our own edges and how do we move through them? How do we navigate them? Um, I'm curious if you could, I know that part of this conversation is about that journey that you took um, within and that that shedding and letting go of the ego. But there's, you know, I'm curious if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit more about some of the other ways that you navigate when you come up with those, um, those edge points within yourself, because, yeah. Yeah, and I think I think um, I think one of the things that I notice is that I'm more resilient. It doesn't take as long, or I can go deeper. So maybe the challenge may be bigger, which is like actually a good sign because that means yeah. you're ready to face it, right? Um, I, you know, I mean, I reach out for support. I don't yeah. try and do all this by myself. We're not meant to do all this by ourselves, everyone. We're really not. And um, so I have mentors, I have friends, I have, I have people I call, you're one of them. And, um, you know, I, I do the work that way. I don't do it alone. So that's one thing, you know, because one of the things that can happen when we face challenges is that we can immediately go into shame and we want to isolate and we want to stay like, okay, don't, you know, <laughs> like hide all those kinds of things. And so um, I really, I, I reach out for support, first of all, first of all. Um, and, and I let my, and I just simply let myself, I use the tool, I use whatever tools are necessary in the moment. They're different. Yeah, I'm on the challenge. It's different. I have a whole toolbox of tools. <laughs> you know? So it's like, what do I need right now? Do I need a hammer? I, well, I shouldn't even talk in tool metaphors because I don't actually know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think I know what, how to use a hammer. <laughs> what else is there? A screwdriver? Screwdriver. <laughs> a drill. <laughs> a wrench. I don't know. Like sometimes, I, you know... Like at times I will draw cards and journal and at other times actually it doesn't feel good to me and I'd rather do something else or, you know, like there's, yeah. a, there are a lot of things that I can draw from yeah. and, and I use my intuition and my own inner knowing to like, okay, what's needed here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I, it's a Netflix na- marathon. Everyone. Right. It's like, it's, <laughs> It's not just sitting cross-legged <laughs> on a cushion and chanting, but sometimes it is. Yeah, yeah. You've um, over the last couple of years, you've added a lot more um, 
a daily practice into your into your life and into your world. And um, I'm curious how that has shifted things as well for you. Like, how has that like, I know it's always been a part, but there was like a very conscious um, focus level that kind of shifted like something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, recently I've discovered Kundalini and so I've been doing that and that has um, awakened like a level of energy and, and access to something beyond, I, I, I don't I can't even explain it. You have to kind of do it in order to even know what it, like, it's like, whoa, it's like, <laughs> it's like the, it's like the best cup of coffee um, without any caffeine. It's like, it's incredible. I started off as a meditator, though. Um, I'm a yeah. Buddhist as well. And so okay. I, I started off with a very strong, disciplined meditation practice. I don't have a strong meditation, disciplined meditation practice anymore. Um, but I, I kind of, I will go in and out of it. Yeah. Um, but the, the Kundalini has really given me an incredible uh amount of energy and resilience it's very good for the nervous system and I've also been working I'm I'm, I'm learning Ayurveda I've been learning it for a long time nice. yeah 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 <laughs> getting there I'm getting there <laughs> um but there's more to Ayurveda than the herbs and the food and all that kind of thing the thing I'm actually the, the most interested in is um, our our rhythms and our cycles and so I'm I'm really I, I I notice how I am at different times of day I really work with I work with the energy that is present right. for me at the at the time of day um, and that has made a huge difference for mm. me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah wow that's awesome I think that's, you know, one of the, th I love that you touched in on that piece of like letting yourself go to different tools and that each time a calls for different tool, different tools from the toolbox and the way that your own practice has really evolved. Yeah. And yeah. I've been asking myself the question, even with the spiritual practices, does it feel good? Like, and there's a difference between feeling good in the moment and feeling good long, like long term mm -hmm. right? so when you have when when you when you have a when you have discipline it doesn't always feel good so right, right. It, it does feel good to have the discipline right in the mm -hmm. practice but i've been asking myself what do i want to be disciplined in what what practices actually feel good or am i trying to I mean, I'm, I'm going kind of deep here, but for example, I'm for years, I've been doing a, um, on my birthday card spread, you know, very long in-depth card spread on my birthday. It normally takes three hours and it's my birthday ritual. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. This year I didn't do it. Wow. I didn't want to. I didn't want to look at those cards every month and have them tell me what my month was supposed to be like. Mm -hmm. It actually didn't serve me. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. love cards. I'm still going to draw my cards, but I'm going to draw yeah. them when I want to, not like as some kind of like, here, here's what your month is supposed to be. Um, it felt so good to let it go. 
I didn't yeah. miss it. Wow. Wow. That's beautiful. I'm even like, I haven't even written in my planner for a month. And I'm getting lots done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, am I doing this to check off a box or am I doing this because it's actually helping me? And I think Mm -hmm. the same is true in spiritual practice. Yeah. Right? Where it can get kind of ingrained or you think, okay, well, if I do this, then I'm like a better spiritual practitioner or something like that. But don't do it if it doesn't serve you. Right. And I'm not talking about the days when you don't want to do it, but you know it's like a good thing. Like that's a different thing. Yeah. 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 That is a really big difference. (laughs) But there is. Never do anything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's that like initiate, that initial time where we're discovering, you know, like what helps us. And then there's the like really refining and it's like you're in that refining piece of like what is really um supporting you and i always talk about the momentum that we have moving forward in our lives and and that's really where sacred practice and spirituality and our rituals and all these amazing things that we do is like does it flow into that momentum that um of our life does it flow in and or does it create distraction. And I think that's, that's to me what I'm hearing as you're sharing this, like really refining those pieces. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to give anyone the impression that I don't, I don't love spiritual practice or I don't love all like all these beautiful things. <laughs> and if you're doing a birthday reading and it's serving you, like I'm so happy and it served me for many, many, many years. Yes. Um, it's, I, it's, I think when you, I mean, this is literally what I do full time every day, right? And so um, I'm thinking about kind of the nuance and the complexity around what practice is and all of these kinds of things. And I'm always challenging myself Yeah, yeah. to ask even myself hard questions. It's like, yes, oh. yeah. And I think there's different questions that we ask at different points along our journey. And some of you listening may be at that place where this really, really resonates. And for some of you listening, it may not resonate because it's just not, it's not a part of your path at this time. And maybe it will be at another time and maybe it won't be. And that's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Like absolutely perfect. Because ultimately we each have a really unique journey. And that's the most important thing to really honor how we're experiencing it in the now. So, yeah. Um, I would love to invite you to sink into the wisdom of the feminine and really that, um, you know, you said it so beautifully in your, I'm just gonna um, look back at your uh, bio, but you talked about bringing a breath of fresh air and vital leadership to the reemergence, reclamation and cultural shift in divine feminine consciousness. And I would love to invite you to speak to that because that is really at the heart of your work. So I, you know, I have, I clearly have a lot of thoughts about this and um, I'm just trying to organize them in my mind right now. Um, So we're living, we're living in modern times where questions of gender are really up. Uh, I'm a, I'm, I'm a queer um, woman and uh, my partner is non-binary 
And so one of the things, so I'm, I'm prefacing this with just with some kind of, again, context, complex yeah. understanding of gender and femininity, masculinity, all of these kinds of things. So when I'm talking about the divine feminine consciousness, what I'm talking about is um, these very, very like ancient, old archetypal um, resonances that still impact how we understand what being a woman and being a man mean in our world. And there are, there are, there are real mythic moments that have changed what we understand about gender. So just mm. to know that. So it's one of the things that when I think about what is, why am I studying ancient Mesopotamia? Why am I studying ancient Egypt? Why do I love this ancient world and Crete and, you know, the, the goddess so much? Like what's happening there, especially when I have this understanding of gender in the modern world. And what I, what I know to be true is that it's important that we understand how these things formed and how they changed and how they were perverted what like because even with all of this you know with this complexity and this like the, the fluidity of gender much of the world and much of time has not had that understanding of gender and it has had real material effects on uh, biological women to to the point of oppression right and so when we're talking about the reclamation, we're talking we're talking about how can we reclaim these these parts of our psyche, uh, right? So that we can actually be again full human beings on this okay. planet, and um, that we can support each other in that. So it, it's actually. <laughs> The ancient world matters even now because mm -hmm. there are reasons why we think about light and shadow the way that we do. We think about the earth in the way that we do. There's a reason why the earth got connected to the goddess, got connected to women, and the earth and women were, were denigrated, right? So we live with body shame sexuality shame we live with a warrior culture and not like aurora warrior pick up your sword be a strong powerful human being but warrior culture in terms of the valorization of war this this didn't happen before yeah yeah right and so hopefully hopefully that's a very cliff notes version of kind of what what I'm thinking in these in these realms and we're we're needing to we're need we're really as a as a wider world and a wider culture if we want to unshackle ourselves from the ways in which we have been told what we're supposed to be what our sexuality is, what our bodies are, what the earth is, what our connections to each other, um, how can we heal those wounds that we carry and the way we relate to each other, part of it's going back 
and remembering what it might have been, although, you know, what it might have been is a very important question. And right. what it can be, that's the more important question. Mm. How mm -hmm. can we move forward? Right. But in order to move forward, at least for me, because this is, I'm an anthropologist, I, I'm a scholar priestess in many ways, um, tracing cultural imagination is important. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you where are we going? Yeah, yeah. I love that phrase, cultural imagination. And um, when you said it, it landed. And I think like it's, um, it's actually one that I'd love for you to speak to just a little bit more. <laughs> I'm really fascinated about um, ideas and where they came right. from and how they right. how they evolved through time and space. Mm -hmm. uh, so, for example, so here's an example of how cultural imagination uh, impacts the way in which we relate to each other and ourselves. So, culturally, the moon and the shadow were not what they are today. They, the, the dark womb of the mother, the great mother, right? Um, all the phases of the moon were celebrated. I think it's so interesting that in the kind of spiritual world, we celebrate the new moon and the full moon and the new moon as new beginnings and the full moon is this release, but also this like kind of expanded space. But we don't talk about the dark moon it's one of those, isn't that interesting? Why don't we ever talk about the dark moon? Mm -hmm. Why don't we celebrate the cave, the womb, the space mm -hmm. of nothing? Mm -hmm. Why do we only celebrate the new moon mm -hmm. in this, mm -hmm. in this particular and, case? Yeah. And um, so just to clarify, new moon and dark moon, same thing, right? Like the same day. Yeah. Dark, I mean, how does it, where does it fall? Like, what's so, the window? Different people have different languages around this. Okay. But, so when I'm saying, when I'm saying new moon in terms of the way it's understood now, it's normal. It's like that first, it's, isn't it interesting? Yeah, people, people are calling, <laughs> people are calling the dark moon, new moon, but new moon is really that first sliver. It's that first yeah. little glimpse of light. Yeah. Yeah. But the dark moon is that is it's completely dark. absent. Yeah. We yeah. Yeah. We're doing vision boards on the dark moon. Right. Because it's the it's the new it's that beginning to awaken. But we should Why be going don't into we the let cave. ourselves have yeah. three days a month where mm -hmm. we can be in the dark, mm -hmm. where we don't have to create, mm -hmm. we don't have to do. Mm -hmm. Right. We don't we can simply be. So this is like mm -hmm. one of the reclamations of the divine feminine way is yeah, you can actually sink into other ways of being. Yeah, I'm a very yeah. masculine person, I must, <laughs> must admit. So it's it's a challenge for me. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so interested in it. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, what would it actually be like for three days to just be like, Ooh. yeah. Um, uh -huh. it's, it's like, and the dark. Yeah, I yeah keep going sorry i'm just like my mind's kind of wandering down like um no, because i really track my energy i really track like yeah. where is 
where's my energy? Where does where does it peak? Where does it valley? Where does um, where do I have creative spurts? And my creative spurt is actually always from um, about five days before the new moon, and it is it is deep and it's boom, 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 boom. It is so on, and then after the new moon, um, it's like it comes out. And then I'm ready to like just go to sleep <laughs> for a little bit. So I'm thinking about this from the place of, you know, the dark, like really honoring that phrase of and and stage of the dark moon. So tangent. How we can remember, right? We can like, because the the phases were were understood and and tracked, just as you know, probably tracked yeah. in a different way, but um, right when we're actually living rhythmically whether that's with the sun or the moon we do notice these shifts and changes and and part of the 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 divine feminine way is to allow ourselves to have those experiences to not override them in some way because um the larger culture is telling us that we always have to be on or you know our calendars are saying the same thing um and I also find like the five days, maybe the week leading up to the new moon, full moon, dark moon, <laughs> my most creative as well. And actually for an entire year, I wouldn't put anything on my calendar in that week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I have since relaxed on that a little bit because I can kind of, I kind of work with the energy. Um, because yeah. even if I have something like I can still be mostly down, like mostly, you know, right. out or whatever. Um, but our understandings of what darkness means and the ways in which it's become evil as well, right? These have mythic roots. Mm-hmm. And when you start to see it, all of a sudden you, you you just i think knowledge is power yes yes and if we want to change the future if we want to change our lives in the present knowing something about how it is that we got here is important yeah yeah it's beautiful it's really landing like in a whole new level mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i know that Go ahead. What was that? I've been thinking a lot about this because I've been mapping out uh, the priestess program for next year. And so I've, I've been asking myself, okay, how is this relevant? Why does it matter? What is like, why are yeah. we studying this? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's, that was a big part of your creative, cre- creative cave um, immersion that you're just coming out of. Yeah. Yeah. Mapping out and remapping. Um, for those for um, those of you who don't know, Vanessa um, offers a priestess certification program. And it's been really fun because now we've known each other for, it's probably close to a decade. And um, this is your ninth year offering a priestess program. And um, as we were sitting and kind of chatting before, uh, Vanessa was sharing that uh, she's reworking everything and kind of putting it into new position, new, like bringing, pe- bringing new pieces together in new ways. And 
um, it was really fascinating just to listen and yeah, I, I, for a couple of years, I, it's a year long program. And for a couple of years, I ran two cycles in a year. Okay. So okay. I, like, I opened it at Salon and at uh, Beltane. Uh, okay. And then I realized, okay, <laughs> this once <laughs> a year is okay. <laughs> um, so this will be the 10th cycle. Okay. So this will be the 10th wow. cycle. So I'm Oof. taking the last nine and really seeing what worked okay because obviously i've grown since yeah. i began it you know i i always think the best way to learn something is to teach it i'm very mm -hmm. much a practice in public kind of person and you know let's dive in let's you know i that is the my best way to learn something is yeah. to to really guide others in it um and so yeah i'm take i'm really looking at okay what 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 would be the penultimate program <laughs> for the 10th cycle? And then what also is like, what pieces are missing and how can I add to those? And so I've been really, I have, I've been in the creative cave and I've been really thinking about uh, what, what a very comprehensive priestess education is, mm -hmm. why it matters. Yeah. I think to everyone, I'm just, yes. but I'm biased. <laughs> Let's all be priestesses, um, and yeah, and how can I deliver that in a in a in a way that feels really really good to to the people who are taking it? So I'm excited. I'm I'm really excited. Yeah. This year yeah. Is gonna be, yeah. So Vanessa, um, we are kind of winding down, but I am curious, what crystal are you working with right now? Let me choose one of my pale aqua. <laughs> All right, I Ooh, am no, that surrounding myself with blue aragonite. Ooh, oh, oh, I have so many yes. chunks and pieces, and actually I ordered mm -hmm. this from Greece, which is my soul home, and um, they sent me oh, extra. <laughs> So even though I'd ordered like three, they still gave me like a little baby one. And um, so this beautiful, soothing, oh my goodness, I love it so much. And it's interesting because the first time you asked me this question, it was Chrysocolla. And I have that exact same piece <laughs> on my desk still. So I have all these crystals, so I'm just going to pick them up. Um, uh-huh. So this is a gorgeous piece of Chrysocolla. I actually, you know, I, 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 I a bit of crystal junkie, I suppose. And um, I've never seen a piece. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Um, is this, I say, Smithsonite? Is that my saying that right? Oh, that sounds right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I am not, it's not one that I've worked with. So, but gorgeous. Well, from a seller from Greece. Yes. Um, yes. And then I have my this was my every year i give myself a priestess gift and this was my priestess gift last year it's a gorgeous huge is that Laramar? yeah yes oh my goodness so it's like polished on one side and then rough on the like raw on the other and mm -hmm. i often hold this when i'm leading calls or just like at my desk i'll just hold this mm -hmm. and then i have a gorgeous piece of lightning quartz lightning struck quartz beside me here as well and i have 
a Lemurian crystal. I think there's more, but I think we're good. We've got some aquamarine. <laughs> turquoise, some lapis. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. morphite. Um, but the, you'll notice a theme. Yes, it's yes. Color um, yeah. Is very is yours. Yeah. soothing. Wonderful. So, Vanessa, where can people find you? VanessaSage.com. Yeah. Uh, so head over to vanessasage.com, uh, sign up for the love letters. You'll get access to a free five-day goddess course. That's an e-course. You get a booklet at the end. And um, that is absolutely the best way to get in touch, stay in touch. Uh, so I, yeah. would lo- I welcome you with open arms, and I really hope to see you there. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Um, and anything you would like to leave our listeners with today? Any final message? How good are you willing to feel? Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> today that you just want, like, you think would just feel good. No, no reason other than feeling good. Mm. Let mm. me know. Yes, yes. All right. Thank you so much for joining me for this amazing and wonderful and so much fun and deep and wise conversation. It's always a gift to spend time with you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And to each of you listening, I wish you all an absolutely beautiful day. And as always, shine brightly for now.